3: And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.
2: It's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. Bear down, baby.
4: Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Haw and Dan Weeder. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the
5: Take the North podcast. I am David Hall from the, the Mullion Haw Show on 670 The Score. Dan Weeder is from the Chicago Tribune down in Indianapolis covering the Bears. It is the NFL Combine Week Tuesday morning. We heard from Matt Eberflues. We heard from Ryan Poles. Dan, before we get into exactly what they said, just set the scene in terms of yeah. what it's like down there and how... Uh, how these guys both came to, whether it's at the podium, was it in the hallway, just set the scene in Indianapolis.
6: Well, if you're using your eyes on this uh, broadcast here, I am sitting at the exact spot where Ryan Poles was sitting about six hours ago answering questions from the Chicago media. I don't have the fancy Bears Hyundai backdrop behind me. Uh, I don't have a gaggle of 25 reporters shouting things at me, but I'm in I'm in the, the location here in a hallway uh, at the JW Marriott here in Indianapolis. Maddie Refleuse spoke about two hours after that in the convention center at the official podium. Uh, one thing you feel here, David, is just how much of the central focus the Chicago Bears are for the NFL world for so many different reasons. When we met with Ryan on Tuesday morning, he talked about how much his phone is blowing up and how he's got to uh, multitask this week and juggle a lot between quarterback evaluations and other prospect evaluations, and uh, you know, free agent surveillance, and and trying to get an extension done with Jalen Johnson, and the the, the the to-do list is lengthy for Ryan Poles, and he's doing a lot of juggling this week.
5: Before we get specific into specifics, generally speaking, do you think that? the Bears tipped their hand. Do you think that there's much ground covered? How would you assess overall what you heard from either guy or both?
6: Well, in the conversations about the potential of trading Justin Fields, it felt to me and others that were gathered right here in this space that I'm, I'm looking out at right now that, that Ryan Poles talked a lot about, you know, being fair to Justin and setting him up uh, for optimal success in the event, quote unquote, in the event that he is moved. And so, you know, it felt Uh, certainly that there was a tone that didn't exist a year ago when the Bears were intent on seeing it through with Justin Fields. And I think Ryan has also been very um, open and honest since the offseason began about how fluid this process is and and understanding that we got a long way to go until the draft. And so you have to be ready for curveballs. You have to be ready to pivot if something pops up that you weren't expecting. Again, we talked about on one of our previous episodes, David, that last year at this time, at this event, the stuff came up with Jalen Carter and the the fatal car accident in Georgia and all the things that came along with that. And so um, this process is a long way from over. And I think the one thing that I've learned in my time covering the league is that you have to be uh dedicated to the entirety of the process to do this right. You know, you have to be aware that there are multiple phases of this. The combine is certainly one of them, but certainly as it relates to the quarterback position, you know, Ryan and his team of front office evaluators and the coaching staff are going to have to go out to the workouts. They're going to have to go to pro days. They're going to have to try to have guys on campus and they're going to have to take every one of those phases super seriously to, to, to have, Uh, you know, clarity on a decision that, you know, very well is going to shape this franchise for a decade or longer. And I think you cannot lose sight of the stakes that
5: are attached to all of this. And it's the beginning of the process in terms of the formal part of it with the NFL combine, giving you that chance to evaluate and meet guys in person. So I don't think that it would be wise to necessarily form conclusions. We can jump to them, but I think (laughs) we saw some, we saw some hints dropped. I felt like today in terms of style, I felt like Ryan, Ryan Poles was in a lot better command than he had. And it just shows you the growth on the job that he has experienced, in my mind, and just the public aspect of it. Um, Matt Eberflus, you know, I think, again, he kind of his, his new style, his new look, uh, got a lot of attention. He seemed to be a little bit more and command as much as he's going to be. In terms of the substance, Dan, I think that, you know, we're always looking for the headline and we're always looking for the clue. The biggest thing I took away from him before we get into some of the specific specific things that were said was that I find it inconceivable that they can talk as openly about treating Justin Fields the right way if they do trade him and then come back and keep him because that's that's a pretty difficult bridge to to their ground to cover uh, going kind of backtracking so it's almost as if like if you're talking about trading him he's traded and if you're going to uh, worry about you know you've had that conversation with him to tell him how awkward this is I think that's really professional but I also think it tips your hand a little bit because that's a very dip- difficult belt to unring and yes. so, especially when you talk about a starting quarterback and all that he means in that locker room,
6: I am with you on all of that. And, you know, re- I'll hit that head on and remind me to come back to a couple scene setting things that I wanted to give you. That'll entertain you a little bit. My, my issue here is that when you talk to people here at the combine, which this is such a, an amazing information gathering hive, you know, and in, in the time you spend here, there's just a, sort of increasing skepticism that the bears are going to have this major demand for Justin, you know, you, again, we've talked about going through division by division, team by team and saying, OK, which teams are, are going to be making a hard charge to make the Bears an offer to take on Justin Fields in the final year of his rookie contract with the option of potentially exercising his fifth year option. And so that is where this gets a little bit tricky here, David, because if you don't have a lot of offers on the table, now you've got to play this game. If you're you're Ryan Poles and you've got to dance this dance and you've got to figure out what you're willing to accept and what you're willing to settle for. You know, and, and that might be a situation here that that comes, you know, bearing down on them uh, in the very near future. You know, Ryan said today, look, like in an ideal world um, for Justin's sake, for kind of everyone's sake, they would love to have something done soon before free agency begins two weeks from now that's not entirely in their control. And Ryan's acknowledged that. He said, just as in free agent negotiations, it takes two to tango. It takes two to tango in the trade market as well. Um, So that's something that is going to be interesting for Ryan to try to feel out this week as part of his time uh, down here. You talked about setting a scene down here. There's two things to me that were really relevant about how central the Bears are to the NFL landscape. Number one, as reporters on the Chicago Beat, for for the first time in forever, we're in one of those – hollywood-esque shouting contest to get questions in you know and it tells you how much people want to hear from the leaders of the bears to get their thoughts on various topics and you get to the you know that last question call and you've still got six questions on your list and everybody's just screaming and it gets a little bit out of control then today david after ryan poles and Matt briflu spoke everybody had kind of made their way back up to the media room and the tvs are on up there and there is uh ian rapaport on the screen of nfl network talking about the bears quarterback situation and there's about six Reporters gathered around the television like it's the moon landing, trying to listen to every single word. Kelly <laughs> came, came back to our table. I said, "What did he say?" And she just laughed and she said, "Well, the Bears would love to get a uh, a historic haul for the number one pick, and if they can't get it, they'd love to draft Caleb Williams." And so it feels like we're going to be repeating the same sentiments every day until May first. And uh, just buckle in because it feels like that's the the road we're on right now.
5: We did get some good stuff from Ryan Pohl specifically about questions regarding Caleb. Williams and obviously the trade conversations that he plans to have let's start with Dan to get your reaction to some of the stuff because you were there in real time I was listening um to the feed as it happened he was asked about the rumor or the reports that Caleb Williams might be reluctant to play in Chicago this is what Ryan Poles had to say to that
3: do you have any concern at all that Caleb Williams or the team around not don't
4: want to play in Chicago no 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 concerns about that at all i i would love to know why if that was the case like i said i think um as a young quarterback and i've been around it the infrastructure is important and i think we've made really good progress in terms of having really good infrastructure for whoever were to come in or if if justin were to stay here as well
5: did you read anything into that dan because obviously uh there hasn't been Anything concrete along those lines? So I understand the first part of the answer. The second part, talking about the infrastructure, it's improved, but certainly the Bears don't have a track record to brag about their infrastructure for quarterbacks.
6: No doubt. Uh, so on the first part, you know, it's been floating speculation for a while now that Caleb Williams might have reservation about playing for the Bears. Nothing in my reporting has um, verified that or or given that any air or, or or breath. That's not to say there isn't anything there. Ryan certainly batted it down. It's my understanding that the Bears expect to have an audience with Caleb Williams in these 18-minute league-allowed meetings here at the Combine, either on Tuesday night or at some time on Wednesday. I don't have the specifics for when that's going down, but that would certainly be a question that you'd probably want to uh, get out there on the table pretty quickly if you're Ryan and Matt after Caleb's decided whether he's going to throw darts or play putt-putt against some of the leaders of the Bears, then you got to say, oh, by the way, would you like to do this in our building for the next 10 to 12 years? And if not, what's the deal? And then you go on from there. Um, That's certainly part of it. And then as, as far as the infrastructure, when Ryan and Matt speak about that, I think right now at this point, they're talking heavily about the roster that's built here and the ability to compete and the fact that this was a um, seven and ten team that finished the season strong and seemed to be you know arrow up at the end of the year and getting better on both sides of the ball and so they feel like you're going to be able to bring a quarterback into that mix with a heightened ability to compete you know, pretty quickly. And so I think they're very confident that the roster building they've done over the last two years has positioned them to be in a good spot here. And, and I, I agree with them wholeheartedly on that. Wrote a little bit about that in my Kanban preview on Monday. That's the sentiment around the league is that they're in a really good position now to uh, continue building on what they've already built.
5: Two things I want to ask you about Caleb Williams related before we move on to the next comment from Ryan Poles. Number one, what kind of buzz or I guess whispers have been created, if any, about Caleb Williams not hiring an agent, and secondly, maybe related to that, because it does pertain to what kind of advice he's getting, Yeah, what exactly will he do in Indianapolis? So the latter question is uh, tied to the
6: the, the former question there, because without... A lot of people in the league having a firm understanding of who the point people are in what Caleb Williams's plans are. There's a little bit of, of confusion right now in league circles about who do we go to ask, you know, what is he going to do here? I heard some rumors this afternoon that he might not even come up to the podium on Friday to meet with the media, as most prospects do here. I don't know if there's any credence to that, but that's the stuff that's floating around right now. And you don't have a direct person at this stage to, to be like, Hey, wait a second. This is something I heard in the hallways here at Indianapolis. Can you set the record straight on this? That creates a little bit of gray where you don't always want gray. And so I think that's part of the the issue of not having an agent. Lamar Jackson has gone through this in Baltimore um, for a long time now. And you hear from um, people in Baltimore about how hard it is sometimes to get to the exactitudes of what you're trying to get to, because you don't have that go-to person. That's something people are going to be looking into. I think this ties also into David to a question that's been being asked in the league since you know November, where it's people as we go through the character assessment of who Caleb Williams is, want to know who's in his ear and who's tugging on his arm, you know? And so who has influence on Caleb Williams and how involved are they going to be in this next leg of his football life? I'm sure you've heard Carl Williams, name mentioned a lot in the things that you've heard about Caleb Williams. He's a, a, a guy who's a unique character and, and he, Draws a lot of reactions from people in the league trying to figure out exactly what he's after and how he will be involved in Caleb's career going forward. That's stuff you got to feel out. And that is all part of this next six to seven-week process of the character vetting process, which for him seems to be as important as any I've ever been around. Because everyone seems to be in universal agreement that the talent is the talent. And now it's like, can we, can we trust this guy to be the face and the voice and the heartbeat of our franchise for
5: 10 years or more? I understand not throwing – I understand not doing some of the physical things because maybe all you can do is is maybe uh, go down in the stature of some people. I don't think I would understand or support or or really kind of why wouldn't you answer questions from the media? I I think that would be not not a huge red flag, but it, it would be kind of a concern that you're dealing with the diva here. And that would support some of these unfair uh, and I think, uh, until we know otherwise kind of unfounded, uh, kind of knocks against Caleb Williams. Now, if he chooses at the NFL combine, not to answer questions from the, col- from the collective media, I think that would be something that would re- require an explanation and a good one. Well, so I'm with you on this because if you're going to be the
6: franchise quarterback for a organization like the Bears in a city as big as chicago you have to understand how to handle the stage and that would be an instance in my opinion where you would be creating a story that didn't need to be created exactly the whole goal in that role is to try to minimize sort of dust ups and 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 the, the, the clouds of dust that bubble up you, you're not supposed to create those you're supposed to help tamp those down um and so that's why it would be notable to me again we've got three days until we get there and we'll see if this yeah. was something that floated around the hallways and has no validity. Um, But these are the types of things that that are being talked about. Right. And, and, and that's what happens when you've got a, um, you know, prospect like Caleb Williams with, with the level of talent that he has and a lot of people trying to figure out what he's made of and not a lot of clarity to this point. And so you can understand why this gets complicated for Ryan
5: Poles and his staff to try to get themselves on this train to get themselves answers. What's also complicated is how to handle the incumbent quarterback, Justin Fields, one of the more popular Bears players in recent memory. All the support from the locker room, his teammates, DJ Moore, again, on Monday in the NFL Network, voiced his v- support for Justin Fields and said they hopes the Bears draft uh, Marv- uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. I get all that, but I think that what it creates is just more awkwardness and, and difficulty for how Ryan Poles are going to have to deal with Justin Fields. He addressed that during his time with reporters and this is what he had to say
2: if you decide to draft a quarterback what is your motivation to trade justin before free agency starts knowing that there might be a premium on that
4: yeah again it just depends on what opportunities pop up um, i will say this um, i think you guys know me uh, well enough now i do if we go down that road um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization.
3: You had conversations with him about where you guys are at right now in that process?
4: Yeah, so I've always felt, and I told, uh, told him this after uh, the season when we had our exit meetings, that you know transparency and communication is, is key in these moments. Um, and I told him we will do that. So I've been in contact with his team and, and kind of let him, let them know like what we're looking at, um, how things might play out. Um, and that we will continue to communicate as we move forward. Again, I understand how uncomfortable that is for him. Um, but again, like I told him and he understands, I think he said it the other day too. It's, it's part of this business. It is a unique situation. So, uh, but yeah, I'll continue that communication with, with right. them.
5: So. Dan I read into that that they're trading Justin Fields. I wonder what you think about the value or the necessity does he need to be transparent with Justin Fields Do you think that's a good move? I don't think
6: it hurts. I mean I think you're trying to be someone that can be viewed on as honest you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and genuine. And I think that does help your relationship with the people that are still in your building when others leave. Um, I think Ryan holds himself to a high standard in that regard. And I think that's valuable Uh, to the buy-in that he gets from the people that work for him and the players that play for him. So, you know, I'm a fan of that. I don't think they owe it to Justin. I just think it is a part of the approach that Ryan Poles has chosen. Uh, And I think it's a good one. You know, I will say this in regards to that clip we just played. uh, I think we can safely assume that Ryan's Instagram message to Justin bounced back because he's no longer following (laughs) the the Bears.
5: (laughs) (laughs) That may have been the case. And I do wonder what. I do wonder what those comments, when they came, when he talked to Justin Fields, because on the heels of last week, and you you don't like to live in a gray area. I thought that was one of the more interesting things that he said, and you're trying to remove some of the limbo that is unavoidable. And last week, I think Justin Fields, uh, because of the Instagram flap, we learned that he's fed up with it. And I understand that. He's probably on a beach somewhere. He might not even be aware of these comments, but I do think that. It's a case-by-case basis. I, I don't think that you have to be fully transparent almost with every player that you potentially are going to deal. I think that would be, you, you'd run the risk of, of uh, the surprise. Yeah, the, this, is, this is unique. Yeah, this is this unique. a unique situation. Well put it is. Yeah.
6: And so, yeah, they'll navigate it. And and again, there's a a lot to all of this. There's there's just so many moving parts to everything that's going on here. And I'm still trying to wrap my brain around how Ryan is possibly wrapping his brain around all the things that need to be done here this week.
7: Selling a little or a lot.
1: Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today.
5: One day at a time, one uh, one trade at a time. And I think that's <laughs> one thing you keep in mind because while he's worried about establishing or concerned with getting a market established for Justin Fields, which I think could be the number one priority there with all the NFL executives assembled. He's also has to be open to the possibility of receiving trade offers for the number one overall pick. And what could he do if he did keep Justin Fields? And this is what he said about his phone being uh, buzzing regularly and his him receiving offers for that number one overall pick.
2: Are you expecting a busier combine than usual? like I'm imagining you're going to be a pretty popular guy this week. Everybody yeah. wants to buy you dinner. And you talk about all these different assets that you might trade. I mean, is it going to be a different combine for you?
4: Yeah, it feels that way. Yeah. Has it already started? Oh, yeah, my phone won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> like, how how, how,
2: how aggressive are, are people with fishing for information from
4: other teams to see what you can do with that? Yeah, it's, you know, it starts slow. We were at the Senior Bowl. I know people are kind of poking around. I haven't had, like, Big time conversations with anyone, uh, but everyone wants to, you know, take a temperature of what's going on.
3: Right. you do move off the number one pick, we've heard crazy, we've heard historic, all those adjectives used for the amount of compensation you need. What what are you looking for?
4: Yeah, it's hard to say right now, um, but it's it's got to help our organization significantly to to move around um, because we saw what it did last year, um, and I'm looking for that type of return to continue to improve our football team.
5: So I I wonder, Dan, how you interpret some of the conflicting national reports about how (laughs) close – I know it it is worth a chuckle. You know, Peter King, well-respected, wrote his last column on Monday. He said on the Dan Patrick Show, he's got no firsthand information. It's just a hunch that Ryan Poles is going to trade the pick. We have other information from other uh, well-sourced NFL insiders saying that, you know, there's pretty much no doubt the Bears are going to draft – Caleb Williams, I I think that probably is self-explanatory, but I wonder, do you think teams are are still going to make an offer for Caleb Williams if there is this understanding or maybe an expectation that they're going to draft him?
6: Yeah, I mean, it depends on who it is, and 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 where they're picking, and what their quarterback situation is. That's why the, all this stuff is is so fluid and and just so interesting to monitor. We're in that gray area. We talked about Justin being uncomfortable in the gray. Well, there's a group of. Uh, national and local reporters that are living in the gray every day uh and that fatigue creeps up because you're trying to to, to decipher um rumor from reality and fact from fiction and 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 go through a process where um you know there's going to be a lot of things that that change and move around I, you know i think we've been consistent here in saying like there is momentum seemingly building up toward a potential trade of justin fields and a new quarterback being drafted Peter dropping that nugget at the end of his farewell column is certainly something that gives you uh you know, hit the brake pedal and stop for a second because of how connected and, you know, uh, well rehearsed he is with everything. And you just, you just drop that in and say, it just feels that like that's the way the winds are blowing. Well, Peter usually has a pretty good gauge of the wind, you know? And so you, you just got to, take note of it and then try to find some people that can tell you one thing or another. And until you find anything that has substance, you just, again, you have to be like Justin Fields and be comfortable living in the gray because it's just going to be a, a bit of a turbulent time for the next six to seven weeks.
5: God asked this because you're down there and because you can't rule it out, but you hear some uh, reports about the way Jaden Daniels could shoot up the board. You know that Drake may is under consideration. See the wide range of uh, speculation about his, Uh, draft positioning. Uh, J.G. McCarthy has shot up a lot of draft boards already in terms of mock drafts. Any buzz? What kind of buzz is there about the quarterbacks not named Caleb Williams at the Combine
6: this week? This is why this is such a unique time for us because these are huge storylines, and they feel so secondary because we are so centrally focused every single day on Justin Fields, on the number one pick, on Caleb Williams, and it just feels like that's where 97% of our attention is. And then, you know, like I had a conversation coming out of the Matt Eberflus press conference today that like, look, look, we haven't asked Ryan Poles or Matt Eberflus much, if anything, about having the number nine pick which in most years would be like, man, you're going to get a star from the college ranks who can be an immediate day one starter for you as your, your number nine overall pick. And this is like such a secondary stage from what we're dealing with here as it relates to May and Daniels. I mean, this is a class that is widely regarded as, as highly intriguing. It doesn't sound like either of those two guys or Caleb Williams will throw on Saturday during the on-field workouts at Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, so that's something to take note of. But there, there is a lot of buzz uh, in the league right now about what this quarterback class is. You add in the, the Bo Nicks, the J.J. McCarthy's, the Michael Penix for teams that might be looking to draft a little bit lower down the board. And it brings into central focus for me, David, the amount of, like, available quarterbacks that are intriguing to people, uh, which includes Justin Fields it includes those six prospects that I just named. It includes the free agents like, you know, uh, Kirk cousins and and potentially Baker Mayfield and and a couple other guys that are on that list as potential guys that could come in and start for you. And you start to, to play that game of, okay, you know, all these teams that are in need of quarterbacks are exploring a lot of different avenues to try to find it. And they're doing what Ryan Poles is doing. They got plan A, and then they got plan B, and then they've got a set of contingency plans over here based on what other teams do and what opens up. I use that all as a a meandering talking point to saying like some of Justin Fields' situation may tie back into what other teams try to do elsewhere. And if they strike out down one road then they come back to center and then they they may wind up down that road and so it's just again it's a a a crazy year and and the bears are right in the center of it uh and and we'll
5: see where it all goes away from the quarterback position i felt like the most definitive it sounded like ryan pulls was today is when he i don't say broke some news but certainly advanced the ball a little bit on the jalen johnson negotiation in talking about the the, you know he he could tag him he was asked about it jalen johnson certainly had his best season in the NFL this past year. He backed up his big talk, and it sounds like Ryan Poles, the way he said this today, they're close to making a deal.
4: Jalen Johnson. um, In the process of getting Jalen Johnson done, um, conversations are going well at this time. Uh, we feel like we've done a really good job um, kind of coming to the table strong, um, showing the respect um, that he's due just in terms of his production through his career and really an emphasis on the turnovers that he created this past year. Our expectation is that's going to continue to go um, as he's with the Bears. Um, when I say coming strong, that means cash flows are strong, guarantees are strong. Uh, the term is strong for him. Um Being hit with his age, uh, there's a really good opportunity for him to go back to the market again um, and continue to earn money and play well. And hopefully that's with the Bears for a long period of time. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Like I've said about those deals all the time, it takes two to tango and you got to find a a place that everyone feels comfortable with. So uh, I feel really good about that situation. Dan, the cap rose to
5: $255.8 million. Jalen Johnson wants to be paid higher than any cornerback in the NFL. Could that be possible because of, number one, the caps increase, and number two, the Bears really can't afford to lose them?
6: Yeah, I mean, this this was the symbolic gesture of the – uh, manager at the car dealership throwing a whole stack of papers down at the table and putting a pen down and saying, okay, sign right here. You right. know, and you go, wait a second. Right. If you're Jalen Johnson, you say, let let me, let me read through this first. Let me make sure that there isn't some stuff folded in here that, that I don't want. Um, but it, it's clear that there's an offer on the table. And I believe it's Chris Ellison, who's the lead representation on, on Jalen's uh, negotiation on, on the player side. Uh, they've got to decide what's important to them. Ryan didn't give you parameters in those comments that we just played, but he did say that he feels like it's fair money. He feels like the guarantees are good and that there is a, a length of contract, which if you read between the lines of what he said, there is probably relatively short two or three years uh, and positions Jalen to get back into free agency before uh, he's passed his prime, which gives him a chance to cash in again. I do think you're right in bringing up the increase in the salary cap, because what that does now is give you flexibility, you know, to, to be able to put some of those deals out there. And along with that, you have the franchise tag in your back pocket. The bears have until next Tuesday afternoon to apply that to Jalen Johnson. Their hope, obviously, is to not have to use that to get a long-term extension done uh, and move on and, and tend to other business. But in the worst-case scenario, Ryan just says, hey, we're going to put the tag on you and we'll continue our negotiations and try to get something done uh, before we get to training camp.
5: Smart play to be that public about it, I think, if they're comfortable with their offer and it is considered you know, a fair and a good one. This was maybe the tack, if we remember, With Roquan Smith did not end well and I think that Roquan Smith was maybe different to deal with but I think this was very similarly worded language or a public show of progress so I guess you don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves but it sure sounded like there was a degree of confidence from the Bears front office that this was going to get done uh, before the deadline is to tag the player.
6: Yeah. I mean, that's the goal, right? And that's the hope. And and certainly the one thing that's clear to me is that Ryan and Matt have been very forward in talking about what Jalen means to their defense and what he meant this last year in responding to a challenge, which was, hey, before we pay you, we want to see ball production. We want to see you take steps up in your development as a top tier cornerback in this league. And, and, you know, for the most part, obviously there's a couple high profile pick sixes that, that Jalen didn't, catch and and return for touchdowns but he played really well and i you know like i think you look at the the pro football reference stats on when he was targeted and it was less than 300 yards given up to opposing quarterbacks with a rating below 52 so he played at a high level you know and he's earned what's coming to him and now you just have to on the player side figure out what what hits the sweet spot for you and and how quickly you want to just cross the finish line on this and then we'll uh, we'll sniff around a little bit this week to see if they have the same feeling in jalen's camp that the bears have that this is nearing a finish line
1: let tend dental make your dream smile a reality we offer a variety of top rated treatments including invisalign aligners and for a limited time tend is offering 750 dollars off orthodontic treatments offer valid through january 31st so don't wait Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hello t slash sale. And book your free consult today.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass.
5: It would please Matt Eberflew, so let's talk about what he had to say because I think there were more interesting things than just him revealing that his new stylist is named Kelly, (laughs) his wife. So I think that was a a real interesting – nugget to unearth because hey. by the way Facebook. our
6: friend mark grody was uh looking to schedule an appointment with kelly eberflus after that session was over so he could kind of continue perfecting the look he's kind of been matt's doppelganger so if grody can get in there and get kelly eberflus to help him a little bit now we've got something really cooking at it he
5: might get all. the hair i don't think he could pull off the stubble <laughs> I, I think grody i'm not sure if grody could pull that off <laughs> flus is looking good these days he's looking like a guy who um New lease on life, right? New lease on, new lease on life. He's, he's got a lot of things to be happy and excited about, certainly because Jalen Johnson back. That's another one. He's got his staff in place. They're all together. He also was asked, obviously, about the quarterback position. We'll just look at a couple <laughs> things that he had to say. And this is what he talked about situations and what he looks for in, a, in an ideal quarterback.
2: Look at situations, you know, I look at the guys that can operate third down two minute um, in, in the end of the game situations that that to me is what se- that's a separator um, for me. Um, and then you look at toughness, you know, you got to look in toughness for a quarterback really is is about the mental toughness to be able to stand in the pocket and deliver the ball um, and then also have the discernment to be able to move out of the pocket and create when it's necessary. So um, and there's they come on all different shapes and sizes. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's always been fun to evaluate those guys.
5: David,
6: to to, to me, yeah, I was going to say to me on a day full of comments and, and quotes here in, in Indianapolis, that to me may have been the most pressing and pointed comments that do not describe Justin Fields as the starting quarterback of the chicago bears in 2024 because nothing matt described as the separator are things that justin has proven he does at a a above average level you know the pocket presence the uh third down work the 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 end of the game situations the two minute drills these have been consistent struggles and so if you're reading between the lines of anything that was the soundbite there that people can rewind in this podcast play two and three times and go well wait a second that sure sounded like they were moving in a new direction
5: yeah exhibit a was Ryan Poles saying what he said about having met with Justin and and being going to do right by him. Exhibit B would be Matt Eberflew citing fourth quarter success as a criteria for his ideal quarterback, in which whether it's through his fault or not, it doesn't really matter. Justin Fields has not been good in the fourth quarter, and he's had three seasons of statistics that have been compiled now that underscore that. So I thought that was the most telling thing that Flusie said all day. And it does also just lend credence to this idea that, you know, they are ready to move on. He also talked about some other intangibles that he looks for in the quarterback position, which I thought was interesting in light of what we're all looking for uh, in terms of the next quarterback, which could be Caleb Williams.
2: Yeah, the wiring of a quarterback obviously is uh, number one is leadership. You know, you have to be a great leader. You got to be resilient. Uh, You got to be able to handle criticism. You know, and then obviously the physical traits. You know, that's that's a big part of it. Um, You know, you know the accuracy, the timing, the the platform, all the things you talk about with that, and then being a winner. You know, that's what that's what it comes down to. Um, All these teams that uh, that do things at the end of the season, they they have winners at the quarterback spot.
5: Winners, winners. I mean, Brian Poles described quarterbacks falling into two categories. Jeff King told him there are artists and there are surgeons. Yeah. And then somebody said, which one do you want? He said the right word. Good answer. Winners. And I think that's what Matt Eberflus also echoed.
6: Yeah, it's interesting to kind of to, to break quarterbacks into those two departments and try to fill out the pie chart as how much is artistic and how much is surgical. Um, and obviously, Caleb Williams is one of those guys that is going to be much more heavily on the artist side of things with his ability to create and make plays in that regard. That's where Ryan says he does see some of the similarities into Patrick Mahomes with the ability to make throws off-platform and from different arm angles. Um, Ryan, I thought, also was you know notable in the question I asked him about uh, – you know, going through the pre-draft process in 2017 and being part of the team that hit the jackpot with the Chiefs and in drafting Patrick Mahomes, and I think that experience is going to help guide him and the Bears over the next six to seven weeks and having discussions and uh, talking about things that that will be very
5: helpful. In what way? I mean, because I think I think the Mahomes the Mahomes draft was so interesting because there were there was so much attention back, and you remember this well better than I do, but Deshaun Watson was like. The model that the Bears were looking at, because you thought we were all fooled. Well, somebody who changes program and carried the Clemson and whatever. Right. Mitch Trubisky was kind of like the guy who shot up and was like maybe the guy you who was a wild card you take a chance on because he had such a uh, diverse skill set. So traits, yeah. And then Mahomes was really kind of like. You really had to take a chance. He was going to be high risk, high reward. We found out what what the reward was. But I think at that point, at this point of the process, there wasn't a consensus that Patrick Mahomes was going to be this, this surefire Pro Bowl quarterback that's going to change your franchise. There was a consensus one
6: place. And it was in Kansas City where they came storming up, you know, from the late 20s in the draft to number 10 because they had uh, an evaluation process that allowed them to be heavily attracted to the high level traits that Patrick had without being overly worried about some of the things that a lot of teams found risky. We've heard now in the years past and, and including in this last, you know, 365 days from former Bears director of player personnel, Josh Lucas that the Bears, who had Patrick Mahomes in their top cloud of prospects in 2017, but thought Mitch was uh, a higher floor than Patrick Mahomes, that they were scared off a little bit by the volatility of some of the things that Patrick Mahomes did at Texas Tech, that he was a little bit too risky at times, and they felt it was going to be a bigger gamble for them to make that pick. Well, you look back on that seven years later, you see the direction those two franchises have gone since that historic draft night, and you say, okay, Well, if I'm Ryan Poles and I was part of the group in Kansas City that said, screw it, let's bet on that because we think that can take us somewhere. You probably are um, more aligned to make a similar judgment this time without talking yourself out of things because you saw what the payoff was when you talked yourself into things, if that makes
5: sense. It does make sense. And I think that's well put. All right. So we heard from Ryan Poles. We heard from Matt Eberflus. There's a lot of other things that you're going to hear this week. Anything else that happened on Tuesday? That you think is worth noting, Dan. Yeah, um, you know, look, like
6: we can get into this later in the week in our next podcast from down here in Indy. Um, There's just a high volume of of Caleb Williams chatter. I'll call it chatter, and I'm compiling a piece that will launch at ChicagoTribune.com on Thursday morning that will hopefully give you kind of a, a. deeper look into what people are saying the questions people are asking the things people really love and the things that are giving people some concerns that they want to dig more into that's around every corner down here david and 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 i've told you before that there are years you come down here and the bears are such an afterthought that you kind of feel like you're left out of the party well that's not the case this year there's people that want to talk about the bears everywhere uh and there are people that want to opine about the situation they're in and so um be really good discussion later in the week to, uh, to, 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 dig deeper into that. You'll be able to see that. And then we'll be able to have a lengthier discussion on some of the things that we find notable.
5: Look forward to that because the combine is essentially just beginning and we'll be here to comment on all things related to the bears later in the week. And again, as it, as it warrants, if there's something that happens, is there something that develops, we'll be here for you. Last thought I wanted to get from you, Dan. So, Robbie Gold, high school football coach, (laughs) Rolling Meadows, Jimmy Garoppolo's alma mater, hires Robbie Gold as his head high school football coach. Good for Robbie. Did not see that one coming. I'm not sure if you did. I saw Robbie Gold at the golf show last weekend
6: in Rosemont uh, and, and talked to him for about five minutes. I definitely did not see that coming. He has three kids. I think they're 10, 8, and 6 right now. And he's coaching a lot of baseball, a lot of lacrosse, and now he's going to take on high school football and add to his plate. Um, must be nice to have free time. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he'll probably enjoy it. You know how competitive Robbie yeah. is. I think the the drug of coaching is one that like gets into people's veins and he's I think he's probably going to enjoy that but there's a lot of former Bears coaching high school football uh, around the area and Robbie's the latest to join that fraternity and uh, it'll be really interesting to see what direction that goes I wouldn't mind getting out to Rolling Meadows on a Friday night this fall and taking a, a little inventory on how it's going.
5: Yeah, I would love to go out there and second-guess Robbie Gold. That would be too much fun. I would I'm already second-guessing
6: him because he did say that he wanted to uh, trade the number one pick and build around Justin, and so I had to push back on that a little bit and said, like, you spent your whole time in Chicago looking for the, the team to find a quarterback that could elevate the rest of the really good team, and this is the direction you want to go, so Robbie's going to have to justify that. You can push back on him all day long on that type of stuff.
5: We've talked about that before. It seems like players... Support veterans. And that's why I think a lot of players support the idea of keeping Justin Fields rather than sacrificing somebody who is a popular teammate and good leader for an unknown rookie who nobody in the NFL, no players in the NFL like to see rookies receive too much too soon. And to me, it's more of a product of that than anything else.
6: Yeah, and there's that unknown word that you said, right? Like it's just, it's hard, especially when there's a guy like Caleb Williams that has some things within his background and his personality that make people go, what, what is, what's that about? It's hard to uh, fully wrap your arms around that unknown, you know? And so that, I think that gives people some pause as well. But that's good, good for Robbie. Congrats on taking over uh, the Rolling Meadows. I, I think the Mustangs? Do you know? I'm I used not to quite know, sure. I used to I'm know not it, I think it's the Mustangs.
5: Might be the Mustangs. Congratulations to Robbie Gold. Okay, so we will wrap things up. Dan Weeder is in Indianapolis. Will be there all week. We'll come back and talk about the Bears when something warrants so. For Adam Szedzinski and Dan Weeder, I'm David Hall. One more note, Dan. Yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, I was able to reconnect on
6: Monday night with friend of the podcast, Rich Campbell, down here in Indianapolis. The first dinner we've had at the Combine since 2019. Rich came out afterwards to a little gathering here. One of the most heartfelt, genuine, uh, enthusiastic hugs I've seen in years happened between Rich Campbell and Jeff Joniak when they spotted each other at the High Velocity Bar on Monday night. It's a uh, little reunion moment for some people that are, uh, have been around the Bears beat. So I thought you'd get a kick out of that because those two guys were – uh, almost embarrassingly excited to see you another.
5: Rich Campbell. You are ridiculous. You <laughs> <laughs> know what Joniak's not a hugger, so that's really new. Right. I can't right. wait to get right. on him. Right. That's right. an obvious. That's an obvious shirt, right? Like Joniak's not a hugger. That's right. We get that going. <laughs> that's a good little nugget. All right, we will wrap things up. Thank you for li- to listening. Thank you for listening to the Take the North podcast. You can watch us on Six Seventy Scores YouTube page, and certainly get us on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you next time later in the week. Great talk, see out there.